Hello and welcome back to the Millennium Pod. I'm your host, Ari, and uh, this episode is the first official episode of season two of the Millennium Pod. We're going to be talking about the first episode of the Book of Boba Fett. I am super excited. Uh, I thought this episode was fantastic. Really great start. Um, my only serious complaint is that it was it wasn't long enough, honestly. Um and yeah, so I'm super excited to talk about it. I have titled this episode Boba's Bad Day. And if you've watched the episode, you can probably probably guess why uh, this felt like a logical title for this podcast episode. If you haven't watched the first episode of The Book of Boba Fett, what are you doing listening to this? Go watch the show and come back. Uh, there will be heavy, heavy spoilers. So um, there's your warning. That's it. That's all you get. So yeah, let's get into it. Um, as I said, I, I loved this episode. I thought it was fantastic. I have a really big soft spot for Tatooine. Um, it just, it just, as much as it's like a terrible place to live and I would actually never want to live there, I do love seeing everything about it. I think it's such an interesting place. And this episode, we got to see a lot of Tatooine. Um, and so I'm really, I'm really happy about that. And I'm hoping that they carry on that trend throughout the rest of the season here. Um, but to start things off, uh, when I said in, in my, I made a little bonus episode a few days ago, kind of saying the few things I really was hoping to see in this episode. And one of those things was, uh, how Bobo gets out of the Sarlacc pit. Um, because until this episode, we didn't have really a canon explanation at all for it. And, uh, so I really wanted to know as, as did most people. Anyway, when I when I said I wanted to see that, I didn't expect it to be, you know, within the first two to three minutes of the show, but I'm very happy it was because uh, now I, my, my curiosity is satisfied. Um, it's, it's neat because uh, they kind of brought in sort of the legends explanation, which was that it was basically his armor that saved him and then he, you know, fought his way out. Um, and so... I always think it's interesting when they take the good parts of legends and they bring it into canon. So I really appreciated seeing that. And I mean, how fantastic was that image of him, you know, punching his way through the sand and then crawling out? Like, if if nothing else, that shows just, you know, the power of Boba Fett and, and who he is and how how strong he is. Um, not just like physical strength, obviously, but, um, you know, mental strength, emotional strength. And I mean, to continue on on the topic of his his strength, that whole ordeal that we see in his in his uh, dream flashbacks, um, you know, being captured by the Tuscan Raiders, being dragged across the sand. I mean, not not anyone could survive being partially digested uh, by a sarlacc. Uh, I you gotta assume man's going through severe dehydration and and heat stroke. Um, as as a as someone who has lifeguard training, watching that, I was just like, that is a lifeguard's worst nightmare working at a beach. Like <laughs> just knowing how hot. Yeah, I don't I don't know how he survived that, but again, it's just a testament to his strength and his will, and I think it's really interesting. And I think it's quite funny because I mean, the episode's only been out for for 2 days-ish. Um, and I'm already starting to see discourse on the internet that's like, "Oh, he's so weak. How come he couldn't fight off the Tuscan Raiders?" And I'm like, "Did we watch the same show? Like, did you did you not see him survive partial digestion?" Uh 
severe dehydration he's like it's a it's a miracle that he's able to even you know move and function um and i mean i would assume that what once he gets back to the Tuscan camp, they're obviously giving him just enough to survive. But again, he's in a severely weakened state. And the fact that he has, you know, the mental capacity to keep going alone is just super incredible. And I'm already, I'm already so much more interested in this character than I was before. Not that I like wasn't before, but I feel so much more invested now that I've seen this struggle and been like thinking to myself, um, I wouldn't survive that. Guaranteed, I wouldn't survive that. Um, even if I had all the same resources, I don't think I would survive that. I really like that for the flashbacks of, you know, what happened from the Sarlacc and onwards leading up to kind of where we are now, they're using, they're, they're framing it like it's Boba's dreams and his memories. And I think that's really interesting because that means that what we're seeing is what, like, essentially what Boba wants us to see, but like, what he is deeming important from those events. And maybe we're not seeing the whole picture, but we're seeing, you know, what, what he's remembering and what he's remembering of those events is obviously what's most important to him. So I think that gives us, you know, a kind of a further insight into his character as well, which I think is super neat because, you know, a lot of shows will just do, you know, just the flashback, but not with that, that, that it's from the lens of it's that character's dream um, and their memories and their thoughts. And so I think, I think it's interesting the way they're taking this because for me when I'm watching it I'm like okay we're seeing this because it's specifically what Boba is remembering and what he wants the audience to see essentially I mean obviously he doesn't know we're watching um but yeah I don't know if that makes sense to anyone but me but for me I just think it's yeah really interesting that we're seeing events unfold as he remembers him or as he remembers them not as you know, like an outside type narrator would would remember them. Whereas, like when we're in real time, which is like when the the show is supposed to actually be taking place, when they're you know wandering through Tatooine, that's just we're seeing kind of we're seeing it from a lens of just a passive person who's just observing. But yeah, with with these flashback dream things, we're seeing it as Boba remembers it, uh, which I think is really cool. Now, I want to talk about the iconic. I intend to rule with respect line. I have seen that get a lot of negative reactions, um, which quite frankly, I don't understand because it's, to me at least, it's more impressive when you can rule with respect than fear. It's harder, but it's better. It's going to last longer. Um, your rule is going to be stronger um, because when people respect you, they have something to lose. But when people are just afraid of you, eventually they're going to realize that they have nothing to lose. And they're going to be like, why am I, why am I following this person? Um, and so I think that's a great plan. Really smart. Um, Boba's smart, which I feel like a lot of people aren't, aren't remembering or thinking about at all. Like I, I get the sense that a lot of people kind of just see him as this mindless killing machine, which is like fine, but it's just simply not true. Like the man is smart. Um, he's been around for as long as he has because he knows what he needs to do to ensure that. And one of those things is now, you know, going around and trying to be friendly almost to the people he intends to rule because he understands that that's going to be more 
more effective in the long run. And so, um, I think that's really interesting. I'm excited to see kind of where this continues to go and how he kind of deals with trying to be sort of, I don't want to say like good guy crime lord, because I know we're still going to see him be, you know, this powerful, vicious crime lord. Um, I mean, he literally just disintegrated a man during their fight. So like this idea of Boba as being ruthless is definitely not gone, but I feel like we're getting this added side to him where, you know, he's trying to be smart. And part of that is, as I said, going around and, and, you know, trying to uh, have relationships with the people that he's planning to rule. And so I'm excited to see how he's going to balance, you know, his obvious desire to have these relationships um, with these people with obviously people kind of being like, okay, buddy, you're the new guy on the block. <laughs> okay, you're the crime lord. We get it. Um, Cause at least that's kind of the vibe I got from the mayor's little lackey um as well as more subtly, but, uh, Madame Garza, who owns, of course, the sanctuary. Um, those are the two main kind of people we've seen him really interact with and try to have those good relationships. Um, and they're definitely off to rocky starts. Um, as I said, the mayor was, was pretty obviously a rocky start. Madame Garza was a little more subtle, but I know, I know that girl's up to something. <laughs> um, um, so I'm interested to see how, how he kind of reconciles his desire to be respected and have these relationships while also maintaining, okay, but I am in charge here. Um, so it'll be interesting to see kind of where they go with that. Um, along that, I think, I think it's safe to say maybe that, uh, and you know, maybe at one point, sorry, my brain just went off on something, but maybe at one point he was this, ruthless fear guy right and that's totally fine and 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 you know from some of the comics we see that that's who he was but i do think being in the sarlacc pit being rescued and captured kind of at the same time uh by the tuscans i think that that may have changed him a bit because i i'm assuming or i'm guessing where they're gonna go with this now is that since he killed the sand monster um He's going to be, you know, respected by the Tuscans, I would like to, I would like to think. And, you know, maybe that's where he's going to kind of get this idea of, hmm, maybe respect is better than fear in terms of, you know, actually getting what you want. So, yeah, I, I, I like this. I like this. I want to rule with respect plot line. I think, I think it makes it more interesting, honestly, um, because if he just came in and was just killing everybody left, right and center who didn't agree with him. Like that's, that's boring. (laughs) Like it's kind of seeing almost like the politics of the underground crime world and, and the politics on Tatooine and all these, how these relationships, like that's so much more interesting than just I'm here. I'm, I'm going to kill everyone. I'm, I'm sorry to say. And even, uh, I just thought of, of one more thing here. Um, when they're in, you know, the throne room, I guess I'll call it in, in the palace, the hut palace, um, 8D8 says, you know, to Boba, you need to project strength if you want to be accepted here. But, you know, maybe Boba's real strength will be knowing when not to fight, when not to antagonize. Um, and like, you know, just being smart, just being smart. You know, you build an empire by being smart <laughs> is all I have to say. 
And this is absolutely not to say I don't want to see him punching people and being awesome because I do. Like when he grabs the like electric staff and like holds onto it and, and throws the guy off of him and then takes it and beats on him with it. That's awesome. I love to see that. All I'm saying is it doesn't need to be all that. We can have both sides. Um, and I think so far they've set it up really well to have both sides. So I'm, I'm super pumped. Now I, I briefly mentioned the sand creature, sand monster. I don't think it has an official name yet. Maybe next episode we'll find it out. Um, for now it's the sand creature. I think my subtitle said sand creature. Anyway, um, that really settled it for me. As I said, Tatooine, I love, I have a really soft spot for it, but it is a place a place I don't want to go. Um, you know, just when you think there's, uh, you, you've, you've seen it all, a crate dragon shows up. And then, then you're like, okay, I've seen it all. And then this sand creature shows up. Um, so don't want to go. Super cool. Love to see it. Um, again, with the narrative I've been seeing that Boba is weaker somehow. Uh, I'm not sure how you can watch a man be, you know, severely weakened and then take down this monster and still think he's weak, but to each their own. I thought it was super cool. Loved the nod to, uh, Hut Slayer. Loved that. Um, I'm still holding out hope that, you know, we maybe see the hollow tape of Leia when she kills Jabba and we get, you know, a little like an actual nod where the characters are are you know knowing acknowledging what she's done because i mean obviously boba uh didn't see her do this move so he couldn't have copied it but i still i still appreciated the little little nod from the filmmakers um that that was super cool and i get the impression that this monster was a problem or Maybe not always a problem, but in in some way a menace to to the Tusken Raiders. Uh, just by the way, the child is running back with its head, and they're all like, "Whoa!" Then um, again, I'm I hope that this plot line with the Tusken Raiders continues um, in his dream flashbacks because I think it's really interesting, um, and I think we can assume that you know now he's going to sort of start to be accepted by them a bit. They're going to respect him more. Back to that respect plot line and why respect is actually a good thing. Um, especially because, uh, in, in the Mandalorian, we see that, that the weapons he has look very, very similar to the weapons that the Tusken Raiders have in this episode. So could he have just stolen them? Yes, but it stands to reason that maybe you know, he's going to learn a bit from them, which I think would be really cool. Um, and would further kind of the idea that was started in, in the Mandalorian, that the Tusken Raiders are actually this really smart society of people, um, kind of taking apart that idea from, you know, the prequels and as well as like the original trilogy that they're just these scary monsters. Um, but yeah, I think I am hoping we get to see more of them because I think they're obviously very smart, very interesting, very intricate society. And I think it'd be cool to kind of further explore them um, through Boba and through this show. Okay. The last like main thing I want to mention is um, how freaking awesome Ludwig Jorensen is. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. The music in this episode it feels like we've already peaked for the music and it's only episode one. I'm so excited. Every 
every piece of the soundtrack or the score just fit so well, so good. Um, yeah, it was amazing. Special shout out to Boba's little getting ready theme song. That was awesome. Um, big shout out to the Cantina Band remix. <laughs> um, loved that. No, but actually all of it. So good. Like the theme throughout his dreams. Um, oh, I just can't. I can't with how good it was. Um, I will be listening to it on repeat. Um, but yeah, that, so that's like my main thoughts, um, specifically about this episode. Um, super satisfied. I'm super, I'm so excited for next week. I can't wait to see where this goes. I thought this was just such a strong start with so much depth and richness. And I, I'm just so thrilled, um, with where it's going. Um, I'm going to continue to manifest that Kira shows up. I'm just saying it would make sense. What would it? Yeah, I think it would. Um, (laughs) maybe it only makes sense because I would really like it to happen, but if it doesn't, that's okay because I'm already so satisfied with this show. Um, and we're also continuing to manifest a hut slayer mention because I think that would be super fantastic. But I mean, other than that, aside from the, the few things I mentioned previously in this episode that I want to see more of now, uh, I'm just excited for next week. So thank you so much for listening today. If you are still here after almost 20 minutes of me rambling on about this one episode, um, if you would like to reach out to me on social media, I would love to hear from you. We can chat about this, other Star Wars stuff, whatever. Um, you can find me on TikTok at re.in.space and on Twitter and Instagram at millenniumpod underscore. Uh, I will I will say currently my Twitter is a lot of High Republic stuff because I'm doing a reread before the new book comes out next week. Super excited. Um, so if you're into the High Republic, definitely check that out. You can see my absolute brain rot about that. Um, but otherwise, yeah, I would love to hear from you and uh, hope you're having a great day, night, morning, evening, whatever it is, wherever you are listening. And uh, as always, of course, may the force be with you.